0: Welcome to the Friday press conference ahead of the 2019 Canadian Grand Prix. Joining us for the press conference from left to right, we have Toyoharu Tanabe, Gunter Steiner, Toto Wolff, Mario Isola and Franz Tost. Gunter, if we could start with you, please. Last time you were in this press conference, you talked a lot about the need to unlock the potential of Pirelli's tyres. What solutions have you found in the last couple of races?
1: We haven't found any. No, uh, I, I think sometimes when, when you get a tire to work, it is working, and sometimes it isn't. So uh, I think in Monte Carlo with the family of the softer tires, we uh, we got them to work, but uh, we don't have a solution. If you ask me, what is your solution next race? I don't know, because maybe we haven't got one. You know, it's like uh, uh, we fall into it or not. So uh, we are working hard, and for sure, by going on and uh, uh, using the tires, you learn you learn more and more. Uh, uh, but uh, do we have... a? A proper understanding of it I would say no. What did you learn during FP1 this morning? I, I, again uh, the, the, the track is very dirty you know it seems like we can get a tire on the temperature I said it seems I didn't go conclusive here because FP2 will be uh, a lot more uh, 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 relevant because the track will be cleaner and uh, we, uh, we can learn more but uh, at the moment everything seems to be okay so uh, let's see what uh, in the next hours is coming.
0: And what can you tell us about Ferrari's upgraded power unit? You had it for the first time in Monaco, but what difference are you expecting it to make here in Montreal? I think the,
1: the difference it should make here, because here uh, the power is much more uh, needed than in Monte Carlo. We had it in Monte Carlo to see that everything works, and for sure it helps there as well. But in the moment, we are not running it. We are running it only tomorrow, so I cannot come to a conclusion here.
0: Okay, thank you, Gunther. Coming on to you, Tanabi San. Um, this is the first real power track of the season. How much are Honda looking forward to it? Uh,
2: it 's a good question and then a bit difficult to answer for me, but anyway, uh, I uh, frequently told you we are still positioned to catch up the top pU manufacturers, so in terms of power, also the reliability, uh, we are still developing uh, for both. Uh, but uh, so it means uh, we knew our position is a little bit down from the, these top competitors. Uh, but uh, in terms of the performance, since the first race of this year, uh, our forecast showed uh, good performance on the track. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, tomorrow and then the race here.
0: What do you think is the gap to Ferrari and Mercedes now?
2: Uh, I cannot tell the exact number,
0: but uh, uh, we see <laughs> the gap. And, and when can we expect uh, the next Honda upgrade
2: uh, our development is ongoing, and then uh, we, will, uh, we are considering the when we uh, introduce to the next step up. And then, but uh, we observing the current situation <coughs> on the PU mileage and then damage. And then we are uh, discussing with the team when is the best timing to introduce uh, new... Uh, update PU to the truck side so not uh, it's not only Honda matter so we are closely working with teams uh, for both uh, Toro Rosso and Red Bull so uh, at the moment uh, I cannot tell exactly when but uh, we are looking for new
0: update PU thank you Tanabi-san good luck this weekend thank you Toto if I could come on to you we're talking of engine upgrades you've got one here this weekend where's it better
3: well we hope it's um, it's a tiny bit better to what we had before in, uh, in, in terms of specification but the the biggest the biggest difference is just that it's a fresh power unit uh, the other one has had quite some mileage and um, with uh, mature regulations it becomes more and more difficult to really extract pure Um, lap time performance out of the engines you're trying to find a little bit of reliability uh, maybe run it a bit harder longer but you're not finding these kind of big jumps that we used to see in the past years
0: where do you see the balance of power this weekend between yourselves and Ferrari in particular if I would know
3: Um, Gunther surprisingly summarized it well Uh, the track (laughs) The track is pretty dirty after, after FP1, uh, so there is not really a clear picture. People have been sliding all over the place. We were very competitive, but you need to be skeptical whether this is really the, the balance of uh, performance. FP2 is going to give us more, more guidance.
0: And we've got the same tyre compounds this weekend as we had in Monaco. What lessons have been learned from your Monaco strategy with Lewis Hamilton?
3: Were quite some lessons uh we, we we got it wrong in monaco and in 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 our assessment how long the tire would last
0: and um so that was an impor- imp- important important uh, step for us okay thank you toto good luck this weekend mario coming on to you just talking about that strategy in monaco how surprised were you that the mediums lasted 66 laps
4: the problem was not related to the wear life of the tire, but more on the performance life. So in a track where it's so difficult to overtake, like Monaco, uh, Lewis was able to, to keep everybody else uh, behind him. So uh, that, that, that's the point. Um, the, the, the hard was uh, working well. And uh, the best information for us was that all the three compounds in Monaco, that usually is a track where everybody is using just the two softest the three chosen uh, all the three compounds are working well
0: and what can you tell us about tire life this weekend
4: we need to wait until uh, fp2 because it is a uh, session where all the teams are collecting relevant data on on tires we have some estimation i believe it's not a surprise that everybody is targeting the one-stop race in montreal because the wear is not uh, high uh, is a circuit where the a rear degradation can make a difference. So saving the rear tire is, uh, is probably a target for everybody here. If we make a comparison to Baku rather than Monaco, because Monaco is uh, a straight circuit that is quite unique. We have tires that are one step softer. The weather conditions expectin- expected are, are good. So they probably struggle a bit less with a uh, warm up. I will talk to Gunther later in the afternoon to understand. But I tell you, he was coming here with a jacket, and outside is 28 degrees, so probably he has a
0: problem with the temperature in general, also himself. <laughs> okay, and Mario, it's been uh, a busy few weeks for Pirelli looking ahead to 2020. You've been testing both F1 tyres and F2 tyres. What can you yes. tell us about those tests?
4: We made a plan with F2 where, at the moment, we have eight sessions already planned. Obviously, we have to concentrate the development uh, this year to be ready latest in December. Uh, If necessary, we are also planning some backup session in uh, Middle East uh, at the end of the year. For F1, the plan is confirmed. So we have uh, three sessions, uh, one in September, mid of September at Paul Ricard with Renault. One uh, uh, beginning of November uh, in Port Ricard as well uh, with McLaren, and now we are trying to find a solution with Mercedes for the last session that will be probably in December. Uh, all dry session at the moment, and then uh, we, we will start soon to make a plan for 2020 where we have 25 uh, days of testing to
0: distribute to the teams that uh, are willing to test uh, 18 inch tires. And how was the F2 18-inch tyre holding up in testing? What can you tell us about the performance?
4: We, we, we did uh, just one shakedown in Mugello, but was really a shakedown mainly to understand the drivability of the car with uh, the 18-inch tyre. Don't forget that the F2 car is without power steering, so the first uh, um, target was to understand if they need to adapt the car and how to adapt the car with the new tyres. And we are going to test uh, uh, in Aragon, mid of June, so in
0: one week time. Okay, thank you, Mario. Friends, thank you for waiting. Coming on to you now. Uh, double, fo- double points finish for the team in Monaco, your first since Spain 2017. Just how pleased are you with progress at Toro Rosso this season?
5: So far, Toro Rosso is a competitive package uh, together. We have a car which is fast, or a car which works well from the, the mechanical side as well as from the aerodynamic. And uh, we have with Honda a very strong partner on the power unit side. We have two competitive high skilled drivers. Both of them are doing really a good job. And the team is improving as well. The complete package, I must say, currently is quite good. Tell us a little bit more about the team, because Daniel Kaffiat
0: said yesterday in this press conference that the team has improved in many areas
5: since he was last with Toro Rosso. What are those areas? Yeah, we uh, reshuffled our aerodynamic department. Uh, we changed a lot in the production to increase the quality. And also in the assembling, we changed uh, many working methods and processes, and I think everything together um, came up with the result that the car is quite good. And what about Kafir himself? How's he improved since he was last with you? Daniel is uh, much more experienced now. He is much more matured. He understands uh, the technical side much better, because last year he was, uh, as we all know, working at Ferrari in the simulator. And I think that he learned there also a lot. and. Um, everything is coming together with him and uh, therefore he is showing a good performance Uh, but i also must say that alex um, is coming up with a a very good uh, performance and um, i think he is a surprise and uh, he also this morning was uh, quite fast because we must not forget that he is here the first time he has to learn the track and it looks very easy from the outside but uh, also canada has some tricky corners as we know and um, he is making good progress Um, as I said before we have two real competitive drivers and uh, they have a high natural speed they are quite good talented.
0: Thank you gentlemen let's open this up to the floor now and please remember as ever to give your name and publication first question please
3: Uh, Dan Knudsen Auto Action and Speed Sport
0: for Gunther in France Liberty is on record saying they will increase the number of races. Unlike the big teams, you cannot afford to have extra staff to rotate. How
1: concerned
5: are you about the stress and strain on your staff and their families? I don't care about the families. Uh, If we we have a lot of races, um, you know we have 52 weekends, we can have 26 races, where's the problem? If we get the money for all the races, that's important, then I don't have a problem. Gunter, anything you can add?
1: Yeah, I care about the family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I would like to add because then the people work and are happy. Uh, 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 but, but I think uh, uh, if we reorganize a little bit the weekend, how we run it, we, m- we maybe could make some savings there with days at the track. I mean, we cannot save days, but we can adjust it a little bit. And uh, uh, I agree with France. If, 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 if the new races bring uh, uh, f- financial benefits, why not do it, but we need to be clever about it and try to find a day somewhere else. Just putting more and more on uh, is maybe not productive. And also we need to be careful what the spectator uh, wants. There is a saturation factor, which I'm not entitled or I, do, I have not the knowledge. Maybe Toto has because he knows a lot of things uh, uh, when, when the saturation happens. So uh, uh, we have to see that, but in general, if we can, uh, ma- make the weekends a little bit shorter for the, for the people which work
3: here, I think we can do a few more races.
0: Toto, should we just open this up to you as well? What are your thoughts? He's expert. We're a good combination.
3: He knows all about tires and temperatures, and I do about saturation. <laughs> 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 um, no, I think Günther uh, summarized it very well. Um, I think we, saturation is something we needs to which needs to be considered. It, uh, Formula One is exclusive, and um, adding adding more races is is not adding to the exclusivity factor. But on the other hand, we are all asking Liberty to increase uh, revenue, and uh, doing more races uh, obviously is a, is the biggest leverage in that respect. And in my opinion, um, it's a it's a fine balance. We need to respect that at the moment the traveling population, all the race team is pretty flat out, and and. I don't think you can really do much more than 21 races. Um, so you need to work with a second shift. And we have started to rotate a little bit, but then you can't really rotate the, um, the, the, the very senior personnel. So if we do more races, my opinion is, then it needs to be linked with more income and spectacular new tracks or markets that we, that we open up. Um, that, would be, that would be important.
0: Thank you. Next question, please. Eric Desrosiers, Le Devoir in Montreal. Sorry, I have to ask uh, maybe to the three team managers, how do you like the new um, installations here on the circuit?
5: Who'd like to start there? Friends, let's start with you. It's a very nice facility. Thank you for this. And um, generally, um, I like to come here to Montreal. And especially now, we have much more space and uh, people have uh, not only now the teams, also journalists, and also from the marketing side, have uh, much more place for working, and uh, um, a big thank you to Montreal, to the uh, city, to the government, that uh, they approved this and authorized uh, the building. I, f- I think it's uh, a big improvement. Toto, the facilities. It's a bit cold here.
3: It's the only one in the new facility. But like Fr- Franz said, it's fantastic that uh, Montreal has committed to Formula One racing uh, by building such a state of the art facility. And um, they have done it really well because we have kept the authenticity of the track and, and the island, uh, but equally built a, a, a purpose built uh, facility that is great. Gunther?
1: There's nothing to add, just to say thank you for or, or, or what the city did here. You know, it's always good to have new facilities, because the old ones were run down, but uh, very good that they came up with the money to do this. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. Next one, please.
3: Dieter Renken, RacingLinesandRaceFans.net. Um, tanabi Son and, and Toto, uh, as engine suppliers as well as in your case Toto is also a uh, team principal of a racing uh, of the race team um, the, the current engine formula was originally devised in 2009 it was given a reprieve and will now run through till t- 2024 what sort of formula would you like to see from 25 onwards that would keep your your two companies in formula one and then to the other two team principals, what sort of engine
0: formula would you like to see Toto why don't you kick us off post 2024 I think that we are, we
3: are in the middle of a transition of technology, at least on the road car side. And as much as we, most of us are a fan of uh, the loud traditional engines, it's not where, where the technology goes and uh, the perception on, on sustainability goes. So I believe we've done the right thing in, in keeping the regulations almost stable for the next term because it would have cost um, um, a tremendous amount of development um, to come up with a new formula. And also, it is not quite clear where this next generation of power unit actually should be. Um, Listening to our chairman of Daimler, we expect 50% of our fleet to be either hybrid or electric by 2030. So I I think if this is the direction technology goes, we could as well have an engine that will have a higher hybrid component. renewable energies or electricity Uh, today it's maybe around 20 percent maybe that ratio is going to go to 50 percent as long as it's an exciting engine um, the sound is something which we need to address and at least talk about it but I believe the hybrid component is going to increase by 20 uh, after
0: 2025. Tanabi-san, what's Honda's position? Yes, Uh, as Toto
2: said uh, we think the kind of transition phase now and then we just finished uh, discuss, discussion of the 2021 PU regulation, and then uh, we keep current concept to, until 2024, 25. Then uh, the one of the reason, uh, we couldn't find any uh, next step uh, green, sustainable, and then uh, high efficiency PU configuration now. So it means uh, we need to uh, discuss again and start again what should be the uh, Pinnacle Formula 1 race PU technology. So I I believe that's kind of the same thing as TOTO. So we keep a kind of hybrid. And then what we can do is uh, improve current uh, principle of the Formula 1 PU.
0: Thank you. Gunther and friends, your thoughts, Gunther?
2: I, I think we need
1: to stay current with technology. I don't know what the technology will be in 25. I mean, uh, uh, Toto and Tanabe-san know much better what is happening there. Uh, but. Uh, I, it was asked from Dieter, what do you like? I mean, we all like a, a loud screaming V10 or V12, but that is not, uh, in, in, in this time, it's, it's just not acceptable anymore. So I think uh, uh, I would like that Formula One stays current in technology uh, uh, with, with what is happening and the engine manufacturer no what what it needs to be. It needs to be sustainable, uh, adding more uh, electrical elements, as Toto said. So uh, I go with them. But uh, for me, the point is we need to stay up with technology in F1 and not go backwards to what I like, because I was young then.
5: And friends, I think currently we have uh, a power unit, which is on a very, very high technical level. And unfortunately, this has not been um, communicated in a way Uh, the power unit deserved it. We have a small turbo engine, we have two energy recovery systems, and uh, all these components together uh, is for me the the technology for the future because with uh, this engine also in a normal uh, streetcar, um, maybe you can achieve to do 100 kilometers with one liter, two liters of fuel, and then you come home with uh, a filled battery. And uh, they all are talking about the electric cars. Yeah, I'm just asking where from they get the energy. Uh, because uh, you know it's not like in Formula E, when uh, 20 cars are outside on the track and behind there are uh, 50 uh, diesel aggregates uh, spending the energy. You know This is uh, nothing uh, serious in my opinion. Yeah, but the great manufacturers go uh, to the Formula E or, or, or of build uh, electric cars, uh, I'm just asking where the energy they get from. Yeah? I think we have in Formula 1 the technology for the future. And uh, as Toto said, uh, maybe the hybrid part, electric uh, part will increase uh, to 40% or even more, Yeah, that's fine. But from the technology itself, for me, this is the uh, solution for the future.
6: Okay, thank you. Next one, please. Scott Mitchell from Autosport. A question to the three team bosses, please. Um, We're all quite excited to see what we're going to get for the 2021 regulation sooner rather than later. Um, Gunther, in one of your earlier answers, you mentioned maybe condensing the the schedule down. That might be a way to fit in more races or reduce some of the load. I believe one of the suggestions for 2021 has been to move um, Park Fermé to the beginning of Friday shuffle, the Friday practice sessions, back later. Uh, where do you stand on part of maybe a move to before you've run on track? I guess that would cause uh, slightly more headaches for for the engineers and, and move the uh, preparations to simulations before the weekend. Well, Gunter, why don't we start with you?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm okay with it, because that's what I said before. I think we just need to plan it well, how we do it, so we are prepared for it. But uh, uh, we, we adapt all pretty quick here, you know, because there's enough people working at it, and, th- and that would be one of the solutions to start on, fr- uh, on Friday, the event, what now starts on Thursday, because on Thursday we are all, all here, but uh, uh, we could do that job also from other places. So that would be one of the solutions, and that, I think, is the intent of it.
0: Total.
3: Yeah, I think if you can compress without reducing the show, um, th- that is something we need to look at. I believe that for the promoters it's not great because the, f- the Friday is an important day where they're able to generate revenue and attract some audiences. Um, we are not keen on the Park Ferme format from Friday to Sunday. There is no motor racing formula out there that doesn't allow the cars to be touched over the weekend, and I don't think that we should start with Formula One, the pinnacle of motor racing. You open up a can of worms with penalties, because peop- cars will end up in the wall, will need to be rebuilt. Um, and I think from the sheer, the sheer idea of how can we add more variability, unpredictability, have cars breaking down, I think we will achieve the contrary. We will spend more time and resource in the virtual world, <coughs> run cars harder on dynos to make them last, because we know we can't take them apart over three days. So um, I don't think this is something we should touch. There's many other areas that make sense, but this one
5: not for us. Friends? Yeah, of course there are a lot of discussions going on and um, I'm not a big friend uh, of, uh, of this solution to be honest and um, as uh, Dota mentioned before, you know, Friday is an important day also for the organizers from the financial side and uh, uh, whether we are now here or one day earlier or later at the track, yeah, uh, I don't think that this makes a big difference. Uh, what we have to look for is uh, we have to increase the uh, the show. Uh, we have to reduce the costs. We have to um, distribute the money in a fair way. I think these are the most important points. Uh, uh, apart from a story, also I think this is absolutely uh, secondary. Okay, it's being discussed now within the teams, but. Uh, Uh, I don't think that these changes are important uh, for uh, the uh, topics I just mentioned before. Uh, I think that we don't need to change anything in this way.
6: Thank you. Next one, please. I have two questions for uh, Toto, one is about uh, uh, the complaint list of yesterday of uh, Luis, Luis uh, uh, said that he wants a, a different uh, Formula 1 and uh, it is the most successful driver in the hybrid area. I would like to know your comment about it. And uh, the second question, it, should be, it could be ugly in this moment, but I would like to know what happened with the 10% of Nicky on, on the team. Are you going to buy it? Uh, stutter want to buy it?
3: I think on the on the first topic, uh, drivers want machines that are difficult to drive and that are uh, challenging uh, and um, and that is clear uh, so I think when we when we when we need to look at chassis regulations going forward, that can be a point of discussion i 'm not entirely sure that we can go back in time and uh, I think if you put a car on the track, it's going to vibrate, not to drive straight on the li- on the on, on the straight line, and not do what the drivers want. I'm not sure they will be happy about it. But I kind of get the point that um, when you look at the images of Mansell and Senna collapsing after the end of a race, that is exciting, and it and they should be gladiators. So I uh, I can understand where he's coming from on on the Nikki situation. We haven't discussed that yet. Um, it's too too close to the, uh, to the tragic event and uh, that is going to be a topic we will address with timeline in the next few weeks and months.
0: Thank you. Next one.
6: Hi, Max- <coughs> Maxim Sarazin from 98.5 uh, FM in Montreal. I want to go back to what Lewis Hamilton told us yesterday. Uh, he told us that, well, it was too easy for pilots to drive Today in today's situation, that he was not exhausted at all after a Grand Prix, and he could do maybe two or three others in the same day, and he didn't f- uh, feel at that time. He was saying that new pilots who are coming in are maybe the best athlete that they should be to drive a Formula One, and he told us that that shouldn't happen right now. So I really wanted to know what your thought about that. What are your thoughts about that? And do you think that going with technology? should at least uh, ob- ob- make an obligation to have pilots to be the, the best athlete possible for Formula One.
0: Who's that question to, sir? Uh,
6: for all of the, the, the managers, please.
5: OK. Franz, let's start at your end. As I opinion have uh, the current uh, level of the drivers from the fitness side is the highest I've ever seen in Formula One. And uh, you, you must not forget. We have now drivers who started motorsports with six, seven years old. That means when they come to Formula One, uh, they did already uh, 10, 15 years uh, karting first and then uh, the junior uh, categories. And I am now talking about the Red Bull drivers and the Rosso drivers. Our drivers have a special um, physical trainings plan. They have their own coach. They have a nutrition plan, and uh, that means they are so well prepared that uh, the driving itself is not anymore so exciting for them. And uh, of course, you cannot compare this time with, let me say, 20, 30 years ago when Nelson Piquet and Nigel Menzler, uh, whoever, collapsed after a race, uh, but they never saw a fitness center from the inside. Uh, and some of them were smoking as well. And in former days, I remember that some cars did not finish the race, and then they talked about gearbox problems. Hey, they were smoking beforehand, they they were not fit enough to finish the race, and then they put in any gear just that the car stops. They were not fit enough. This is the reality. And nowadays, we have really, really good drivers in Formula One, I must say, and uh, we have a very high level. Uh, and uh, therefore you don't see accidents which on one hand side is very good from the entertaining point of view it's boring friends of me said you even don't see after the uh, start in the first corner a crash because they all managed to do it it's because the level the driving level is very very high i think the highest we have ever seen in formula one and this will continue but this is not it uh, has nothing to do only with Formula 1, this is in all the other kind of spots as well, in skiing and so on. Yeah? Therefore, I think we should be happy to see these drivers.
0: Mario, give us your thoughts. Oh, for
4: the team managers, he said. So.
1: <laughs>
0: Anything you want to say? <laughs> no, I agree. More grip. Mo-
4: more grip yeah, from more the, tire. Grip. Tire yeah. <laughs> the driver gets
1: more <laughs> tire off. No, it's, again.
4: it's a completely different... Um, I mean, we cannot compare the era of uh, Senna, and Piquet and so on with, with the current drivers. I believe that... The level of the drivers is very good. Uh, Changing from 2016 to 2017, the car became a lot more physical to drive. I don't know if it is uh, enough or not. For you, it's probably not. But uh, uh, talking about tires, obviously we are always trying to supply to Formula One what they want. So just ask and we try to do our best in terms of cars and so on. It's more Toto that can give you (laughs) an answer.
0: Well, Toto, what about... Lewis's th- thoughts yesterday.
3: You can look at the lap times. Um, I think we, we have the quickest cars by now. We have uh, changed the aerodynamic formula to take a few seconds off the cars, and we are going faster than last year. So the, the, the levels of downfalls are enormous. And are, like Franz said, it's very right. The, the, the level of perfection has just um, increased enormously, and you don't see these kind of mistakes anymore. You could artificially make it much harder. Take the power-assisted steering out. Uh, then you will have drivers that run around like bodybuilders, and they will struggle um, to finish races because it will be so tiring That is easy, but it would be a step back in technology. And maybe that is something we should consider in the future for the, for the entertainment factor. Thank you. Günther. Or, sh-
1: or we could ban the drivers going to... The fitness studios, France, you know, so they would be tired at the end of the day, it would be a lot cheaper.
3: And yeah. obliged <laughs> them to smoke.
1: Exactly, exactly, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And and to eat fat food, fast food all the time, no, without joking, I mean, I, I, I think uh, uh, Franz explained it very well. The fitness level is just so high and the, the cars are so sophisticated, so uh, it's just getting better and uh, it's evolution, you know, so uh, I, I think uh, uh, it isn't that they are easy to drive. We are just so well prepared, or they are so well prepared altogether. together that that is why why they complain
2: now about it
0: and Tanabi San anything you'd like to add yeah d- I just uh,
2: remember 20 years ago the, after the race the driver got wet and then sometime he he couldn't get uh, out from the car but uh, uh, the as a technology improvement the current driver working not only physical but also the uh, head so I think which is Good. I, I I don't know which is good, but uh, uh, it's uh, one of the Formula One way I think.
0: Okay. Thank you. Next one, please.
3: Ito <coughs> Rankin, Racing Lines and RaceFans.net. Toto, um, continuing what what Lewis said yesterday, um, he actually said that Formula One should be a man sport. I was wondering uh, how this sat alongside the woman and in motorsport initiative, and also what your wife thinks about that comment. He was in a role yesterday, I think. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think he meant it in a way that it is that it was uh, seen as uh, discriminatory. On the contrary, he's somebody that is that is very open for diversity and and somebody that raced against Susie in Formula Formula Renault, and. Um, I think what was, what he meant was that it needs to be a gladiator sport, the, the toughest machines for the best drivers out there. Um, in terms of the initiatives, the FIA initiatives that has been merged with um, there to Be Different, I think this is wonderful to see that there's more girls now looking at go-karting and, uh, and uh, when in the past on a on hundred boys there was one or two girls, now you can see that's maybe five or six and that is starting to have an impact and. And um, we'll see where that is in five years. I would very much hope that in, in our lifespan in Formula One, we would see a, a girl racing competitively in, in F1. Thank
0: you. Any more questions?
6: Scott Midge from Autosport. Uh, Toto, uh, again, referencing something Lewis said yesterday. Hopefully not something that has been taken out of context. I need to
3: have a word with you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
6: it was when he was, uh, he was asked about the, uh, the engine upgrade here and he said that one of the things that had impressed him was the fact that, that Mercedes had had not the smoothest ride with uh, developing the engine or, or working on upgrades at the, at the start of the year. Uh, just wondered if we could get your thoughts on, on whether there was anything in particular that was troubling with the development of these, these engine upgrades or is that sort of been... of the course over the last few years when you're pushing the envelope and trying to push the engines as hard as you can
3: i think we had times in mercedes where where the engine was was described as the determining factor on in the team's success and then it had somehow transitioned to the chassis side and people nowadays are are talking that the that the chassis is um the the leader of the pack but what what really needs to be said is that with this with mature regulations it becomes more and more difficult to extract additional performance and keeping reliability and the guys in, in Brixworth are doing a fantastic job. Uh, we, obviously I'm life in it and I'm seeing the struggles and the boundaries they are trying to push and the targets they set and sometimes they they don't reach them completely but they keep pushing and pushing and pushing and, and, uh, and that is very inspiring to see that, that, that the group of people um, have not have not um, um, stopped chasing performance.
6: Time for one more question. Oh, hi, it's Thiago Mendonça from Odia newspaper. Question to France. Uh, IndyCar is testing a new system to protect the drivers, the AeroScreen, a partnership with Red Bull. Uh, What do you think about the system comparing uh, to the halo that we have now in Formula One?
5: The most important thing is that uh, the safety is guaranteed yeah? and uh, uh, if this new system is working um, from the uh, optical side, from the static side, I like it more and then we will see yeah, because the cars look more sophisticated yeah? but they will together with Red Bull technology test everything and then we will see what will be the re- solution.